It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Welcome to Sandy Rios in the Morning. My name is Walker Wildman. I'm guest hosting today for Sandy Rios. I'll be here with you for the next hour here on American Family Radio. Once again, this is Sandy Rios in the Morning. I'm guest hosting. My name is Walker Wildman. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net. Our website is AFR.net. You can also download the AFR app on your smartphone, on your tablet device. So you can catch shows like Cindy Rios in the Morning uh, wherever you are. As long as you have a smartphone or a tablet device with you, you can get AFR and all the related shows uh, right there on the palm of your hand. And it's free. takes you about two minutes to download the AFR app. So be sure to go check that out if you don't already have it. And uh, remember, you can always visit our website, AFR.net. A few housekeeping items I want to mention before we jump into the news uh, of the week and, and what happened over the weekend we're having a here at American Family Association. We're having a day of appreciation, uh, uh, a law enforcement appreciation day is what we're calling it, which is where a time on June thirteenth, it's a Sunday, where we would like to ask you to not only pray for law enforcement, but also to show appreciation for law. And those could be that could be carried out in multiple ways, uh, multiple acts of kindness. Uh, but we need to be sure, and that's what we're focusing on here on this day, June 13th. And of course, there's never a bad day to thank law enforcement for what they do. But June 13th is the day we want to focus on. And on that day, we want to ask you and your church and everyone you know and your influence to make sure you thank a law enforcement officer. Make sure you let them know uh, that they're appreciated because... If any profession has been demonized, it has been law enforcement. And we've seen the war on cops, and some people may think that's a, a hyperbole, exaggeration. It's absolutely not. The, the left in our country, the Democrat Party, they absolutely hate law enforcement, and they want to do anything and everything uh, to undermine confidence in uh, those who, who serve and protect our communities. And so we need to counter that. How do we counter that? Well, we make sure that we show our appreciation for law enforcement. So that's going to happen on June 13th. If you want to find out more information, just check out our website of our parent ministry here, American Family Association, and the website there is simply afa.net. Right there on the top of the page, you'll see a note about what I just mentioned where you can find out more information, see what you can do and pledge to uh, pray and show appreciation for law enforcement on June 13th. Another thing I want to mention, and then we'll jump right into the news, I want to mention my new show. Uh, I've been a host of Exposing Washington here on AFR each Saturday for the last few years, but we're changing the name of the show, and we're changing a little bit about it. 
and the new name of the show is AFA at the Core. AFA at the Core is the name of my new show. It's been going on a couple weeks now, been airing a couple weeks, each Saturday at 3 p.m. Central. And so tune in uh, this next week, this next upcoming Saturday uh, for that. It'll be at 3 p.m. Central each Saturday here on American Family Radio. The name of the show is AFA at the Core, and we'll discuss issues and stories related to the core values of American Family Association. If you want to know what the core values are of AFA, well, you should tune into my show on Saturday at 3 p.m. Central here on American Family Radio. The uh, <clears throat> the the story that really we just had to cover today, and I know Sandy's been on this uh, on this topic some, is uh, the 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 Anthony Fauci, the Doctor Anthony Fauci emails. I mean, this is just absolutely. This is like, it's it's humorous at this point. It's really not humorous. It's actually pretty frustrating. But you got to make a little humor out of out of the situation we're in, where. Pretty much there was a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request, against Dr. Anthony Fauci's emails. And over the past few days, uh, Dr. Fauci's emails have been being released uh, through legal means, not through leaks. This is through a court order. Uh, Anthony Fauci's emails have been being released and uh, are, are being released. And what it reveals is that Dr. Fauci himself granted credence to many of the theories or things that you and I were canceled for. You know, remember all the Facebook bans and the Twitter bans and the little notes below the tweets, you know, check the CDC white, uh, CDC website for verified information. You know, we had all that going on. And as it turns out, basically all of the things that people were canceled for <laughs> for saying, and were censored for, the things that they said are actually now plausible. And one of the main things that was called a conspiracy theory, that's what the left does. Anytime an actual plausible theory is floated about a certain situation, the left immediately labels it a conspiracy theory, and all of a sudden it becomes toxic, right? Because we can't we can't talk conspiracy theories because we just don't know. And so the Hillary Clinton emails, well, that's a conspiracy theory. The uh, Obama Fast and Furious, well, that's a conspiracy theory. Benghazi, that's a conspiracy theory. And the list goes on and on and on. Well, a couple months into the pandemic, into the COVID-19 pandemic, the there was a, a theory floated about where on earth, literally where on earth, this virus came from. Because it had been, what, 100 years since something like this, to this extent, had come around, a pandemic, at least the most memorable one in the early 1900s. Well, one of the theories, which is actually a very plausible theory, and it, and it didn't come out of thin air, these... These stories about where this virus came from, they were coming from people who know what they're talking about. And one of the theories was that COVID-19 was released, whether it be purposefully or accidentally, 
this virus was released from a virology lab in Wuhan, China. Well, that theory got shot down. That's a conspiracy theory. There's no evidence to back that, right? Instead, we got told that, I don't know, the virus came from some wet market, whatever the heck a wet market it, wet market is, in Wuhan, China. We, we weren't told how it got to the wet market, right? <clears throat> but it came from the wet market. And I think it turns out that that wet market doesn't even have bats <laughs> on the menu, which who eats bats, right? But nonetheless, there, there, we, we were shifted away. No, 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 we can't talk about the Wuhan lab, right? That's a conspiracy theory. There's no evidence there. It's, it came from the wet market. And then what? A few months later, they all admitted, all the experts admitted, that we really don't even know that it came from the wet market. That itself was just another theory. Well, as it turns out in these emails between Dr. Fauci and others, many others, one of the emails was about how this virus was likely engineered, meaning it was not a natural occurrence. It was likely engineered, you know, like in a laboratory in like what they do in Wuhan, China. <laughs> but we can't talk about that, right? And so that idea was shot down. That theory was shot down for months or a year. And all of a sudden, the Biden administration, they're on top of it, right? They're pressuring China for information. I'm going to play one clip here. This is clip four. This is the former FDA commissioner under President Trump talking about how he knew and Dr. Fauci knew of the lab theory about a year ago. Let's listen. I was told at that time back in the spring um, that Dr. Fauci had gone over to a meeting of world health leaders in Europe around the World Health Assembly and actually briefed them on the information that they were looking at that this could have been a potential lab leak, that this strain looked unusual. So those discussions were going on and I was told that by a very senior official in the Trump administration. I've reconfirmed that conversation. That happened you know, at the time contemporaneously with, uh, with that meeting over a year ago. Uh, so I think early on when they looked at the strain, they had suspicions. And in a closer analysis, and it takes time to do that analysis, dispelled some of those um, suspicions. Well, there you have it. <laughs> the former FDA commissioner says that Dr. Fauci actually briefed world leaders on the Wuhan lab leak theory. Oh, about 12 plus months ago. But that's a conspiracy theory, right? And Facebook can cancel you because that's not the truth. There's no evidence to support that. Actually, there is evidence to support that. There were actually stories and there were actually governmental reports in the years leading up to this warning about the danger that, that was going on testing these viruses. Where? In Wuhan, China. I believe there was actually a State Department report warning the U.S. to stop funding this laboratory. Why? Because they didn't know what on earth they were doing. And they were being careless with the handling of these viruses. I mean, this is unbelievable. And then it turns out another story that's being discussed this week. President Trump actually received an intelligence briefing early on in the pandemic 
about how this virus, COVID-19, most likely came from the virology lab in Wuhan, China. That wasn't an Alex Jones report. That wasn't a One News Now report, even though that would have been great. This was an intelligence briefing to the President of the United States in the early days of the pandemic about how this virus most likely came from the lab in Wuhan, China. And you ask, well, why is this important? Well, it's important because if this is true, if it is true that this virus was released from a lab because they were toying around with viruses, deadly viruses, for what purpose? Well, we'll get into that. Then that means that this all could have been prevented. There would be no COVID-19 pandemic had China properly handled their laboratory procedures. There were reports, and this is what the president was briefed on, that there were illnesses coming out of this lab going back to 2019, which that's actually when this began, in the late months and weeks of 2019. And Dr. Fauci, at first, was very defensive about President Trump being briefed on this lab report. And the question is now being asked, why does doc, why is Dr. Fauci so defensive of this lab leak theory? Well, one of the reasons is because his agency, the NIH, gave over $800 million to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So, in essence, Dr. Fauci, as head of the NIH, is funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology. What is that? Well, that's the place that this COVID-19 most likely came from. Sandy Rios in the morning. We'll be back in a few minutes after the break. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for David Turk, Deputy Secretary at the Department of Energy. 
He assists the Secretary of Energy in the supervision and direction of the department. Galatians 5.13 reminds us of the importance of serving others. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide David Turk in his role at the Department of Energy. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Our National Leadership Prayer Journal guides you in daily prayer for our country's leaders and provides historical insights on our nation and scripture. Available now at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting Go Visit to the number 49596. Again, that's Go Visit to the number 49596. Catholic and evangelical Christians are outraged after the Biden administration agreed to post the so called gay pride flag outside the U.S. Embassy at the Vatican. Governor Pete Ricketts, who happens to be a Catholic, was among those outraged, accusing the administration of disrespecting the church's teachings on family and freedom of conscience. Franklin Graham said the State Department should be ashamed. He said flying that flag was a direct insult to the Catholic Church. He said the so-called rainbow flag is promoting an agenda, not a country, and to give it equal billing with the stars and stripes is wrong. Well, the broader question is whether the Biden administration will force embassies in Muslim countries to fly that flag. But I sincerely doubt they will offend Muslims. But the Democrats will not think twice about insulting Christians. Be sure to download my free podcast and newsletter at ToddStarns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Sandy Rios in the morning. I'm your guest host, Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you this Monday morning, June 7th, 2021. We're talking about these Dr. Fauci emails that were released through a four-year request and a couple things I wanted to correct uh, that I said last segment. Two things. Dr. Fauci works for NIH, National Institutes of Health, but he actually is the director of this agency under NIH called NIAID, National Institutes of... It's a long, long, uh, long agency name. Imagine that in the uh, in the federal government. Um, anyway, Dr. Fauci is is head of uh, NIAID. Basically, they handle infectious diseases. Uh, an agency, a sub agency, or or department of NIH, which is the overall agency. Uh, so that's that's his his technical title. And then I said eight hundred million, which. Uh, who's who's to correct me, right? I mean, that could just be my theory, and we'll just see how it plays out. It could be eight hundred million, right? That's what the left says. It could be. Well, uh, the, we know for sure uh, the NIH 
which Dr. Fauci works for, they gave uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology a minimum of $600,000 over a five-year period to study what? Whether bat viruses, oh, I'm sorry, whether bat coronaviruses could be transmitted to humans. (laughs) That's coming from Dr. Fauci himself. So we're funding the lab in Wuhan where this virus very possibly came from. We're funding, uh, the U.S. taxpayers are funding the lab there in Wuhan, China, so they can, I don't know, experiment on bats with something called a coronavirus. That sounds familiar. Upward to the tunes of over $600,000. I actually saw a, uh, a report before I came on the show today, that it's actually more than $600,000, but they're having trouble getting the uh, true numbers from the government. Imagine that. Moving on, uh, uh, staying on the same topic, but but shifting gears a little bit, there was a a, uh, uh, convention in North Carolina, a Republican GOP gathering in North Carolina. President Trump spoke there. I'm sure you heard. Another person that spoke there is South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. And the reason this is important is because Kristi Noem tells us a little something about what Dr. Fauci told her back in the early days of the pandemic. A fact that should be discussed. And let's listen to Governor of South Dakota, Christy Nome, about what Dr. Fauci told her and her state in the early days of the pandemic. Clip three, let's listen. Now, Dr. Fauci told me that I would need 10,000 hospital beds on my worst day. On our very worst day, we had 600 people in the hospital. I don't know if you've heard this before, but... Dr. Fauci is wrong a lot. <laughs> a lot. Well, there you have it. That's uh, that's South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, and that's 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 significant there. Okay, that's significant there. That's like me saying that the U.S. government could have given the Wuhan Institute of Virology eight hundred million dollars when, in reality, it was eight hundred thousand. But who cares, right? Dr. Fauci told the South Dakota governor in the early months of the pandemic that she would need 10,000 hospital beds at the same time, simultaneously, that she would need 10,000 hospital beds. She said in the worst days of the pandemic, They used 600. So where is Dr. Fauci getting his information from? Well, multiple places, but this is the same same, um, formula or algorithm or report that they were getting the number. I'm saying they, the White House, the Trump administration, Dr. Fauci, they were getting the number about how 2 million people could die from COVID-19. You notice they never specified a time frame there, like in 12 months or in 24 months, just 
Two million people could die from the COVID-19 pandemic. Shut down your business. Don't go to church. Go back to your house and don't ask questions. Well, I just don't understand how governmental officials, quote-unquote experts, even the president of the United States, can throw out numbers like 2 million, not 200,000, not 20,000, not even 200,000, but 2 million people could die from the pandemic. And not be held to account to where on earth they're getting their numbers from. Because let's remember, basically the entire strategy, the entire response built around the pandemic was based on that number, right? That horrific number that no one could fathom. That 2 million people could possibly die from the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, that prompts all kind of responses, very drastic responses. And so it's, 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 it's one thing, well, it's really, there's really no excuse. There's no excuse for pulling numbers and fear and, 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 and putting fear in millions of Americans that is really unfounded. I mean, that, that study that the White House was relying on in the early months of the pandemic, whoever put out that study should be roundly rebuked and never cited again. That is a mistake that is, that is unrecoverable. That is, that's a mistake in, in, when you're talking about science and the medical field and estimates. That's a mistake that's unforgivable. You don't recover from that. Telling the American people that 2 million people are going to die from the COVID-19 pandemic. You know another thing that, that, that's not talked about by the media very often? Is about how we're still running on the same totals of the COVID-19. You know, the case numbers and the death count. We're still running on the same numbers from 18 months ago. Historically, you're supposed to reset those numbers every 12 months. Every year, annually, you reset. You, you, you basically backspace. You delete the numbers, and you start over again. And you have a 2020 numbers, and you have a 2021 numbers, and then you have a 2022 numbers, just like the flu. But nope, we're still running on the same numbers from 18 months ago. You know why? Because if they reset all the numbers, we would soon find out that COVID-19 is virtually extinct. It's basically gone. Not literally, but when you look at the numbers, we're at our lowest numbers since this whole thing began 18 months ago. I'm talking about number of infections, number of deaths, all across the board. And someone someone who needs an apology beyond the American people specifically is Dr. Scott Atlas. <clears throat> Dr. Scott Atlas became basically the White House spokesperson on the pandemic after Fauci and after Burks and after President Trump finally put them to the side a little bit, not enough. Dr. Sc- Scott Atlas uh, was very 
reasonable. He didn't do a lot of the fear-mongering and the two million people are going to die numbers. He made a lot of sense. And he seemed like he knew what he was talking about. Well, Dr. Scott Atlas said, Dr. Scott Atlas said, well into this, when Trump was still in office, Dr. Scott Atlas said that what it's basically going to take for us to move on past this pandemic is it's going to take something called herd immunity, where so many people in the population get the virus that the virus basically dies out on its own. It fades out on its own because it doesn't really have anybody else to infect. I'm speaking generally here. But that's basically the theory behind herd immunity. So many people build up antibodies to it that the virus just doesn't take off. It's not as strong and lethal as it once was. That's the layman's way of explaining it. Well, Dr. Scott Atlas said that, and he explained that to the public about how probably one of the best ways out of this is just to embrace herd immunity. Well, he was rebuked, he was shunned, he was canceled. He was called a conspiracy theorist and all kind of names. Well, as it turns out, months and months later, how are we getting out of this pandemic? Well, through herd immunity. Whether it be through the vaccine, or it's really not even a vaccine, it's more of an experimental shot, whether it be this shot, the, the, the COVID shot, or whether it be natural antibodies from getting the infection, that's basically why America is moving on past this pandemic. Why? Because of herd immunity, whether it be natural or through the shot. Both of those cases provide some form of immunity, and that's how we're moving past the pandemic to a large extent. Well, Dr. Scott Atlas said that months ago. And he was shunned and told, we can't talk about that. You don't know what you're talking about. Herd immunity will never work. That's what we were told. One more story on this uh, on this China, this COVID-19 thing. There's this, st- this story. <clears throat> this is out of PJ Media. But the story is about a Chinese defector that used to work in and around the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. And he basically defected. He left. He did. He didn't basically. He did. This Chinese defector left China, came to the U.S., to basically leak or tell the U.S. what was going on in that lab. And what is what is this high-ranking defector from China confirming? That the Chinese government was testing special weapons. They were running a special weapons program out of the Wuhan lab of virology. And part of that special weapons program is bioweapons. This coming directly out of Washington, D.C., this uh, high-ranking defector was protected for months under the Defense Intelligence Agency 
and now it's beginning to come out that uh, that this defector had intimate knowledge of the special weapons program in China. So point to all of that. Number one, China isn't our friend. Number two, the it is looking more and more and more plausible and very likely that the COVID-19 pandemic, all of it began at a laboratory in Wuhan, China, where they were testing viruses on bats. That's the conclusion that we get from that. Moving on, we see the economic news, and, and the, the U.S. economy is recovering to a certain extent from the whole China-Wuhan virus and the shutdowns of businesses and industries and everything that came from that. But one one area that is really uh, keeping America from really taking off economically and fully recovering is the employment situation here in America, where we have millions of Americans not working. It's not because they can't find work. It's because they don't want to work. And we've all heard the stories of businesses that can't find workers. It's actually unusual to find a business that doesn't need workers at this point in our economy. Well, the Commerce Secretary under the Biden administration is in complete denial that you know, these extra couple hundred dollars in federal unemployment benefits, that that has nothing to do with the, the, the elevated unemployment and persistent unemployment issue. And I'll play that clip after the break, but the Commerce Secretary from the Biden administration is basically saying that the unemployment, the extra unemployment has nothing to do with people not going back to work. The unemployment bonus from the federal government has nothing to do with people not going back to work. Even though it has pretty much everything to do with people not going back to work. Why? Because they're making hundreds of more dollars sitting at home on the couch than they do working. And that's a problem, my friend. That is a problem. But the Commerce Secretary for the Biden administration in complete denial of what the data says. We'll be back in a few minutes. We'll take your calls, 888-589-8840. We'll be back in a few minutes. It was a bad move. Target invited men who say they feel like women into restrooms and changing areas designated for women. They probably guessed other retailers would follow their lead, but they were wrong. Others saw that bandwagon was headed in the wrong direction. We're not ready to sacrifice the safety of women and children for the sake of progressive bathroom policies. Invite Target to make a better move. Sign the Boycott Target Pledge at AFA.net. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, President of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. 
My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Forty days of twice-daily taunting from Goliath sent Saul and the Israelite army reeling in fear. But David's passion for Yahweh, conviction, and full persuasion stirred King Saul. When people are on fire for God, it often provokes others to glob on to that fire. But we must be careful to resist the well-meaning overtures of the flameless bystanders. Saul meant well, but his armor couldn't help. It would only slow David down. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for the Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Proverbs says, He who works his land will have abundant food, but the one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. Brian Fisher here with an excerpt from my Boy to Man book for fathers to read with their young sons. Quote, As you get older, people will start dangling get-rich-quick schemes in front of you that promise instant wealth with little work. Avoid all such schemes. A prominent Christian businessman in my hometown once promised his fellow Christians that if they invested with him, they'd receive an interest rate of two points above the rate they could get anywhere else. It sounded too good to be true because it was. It was illegal. He went to the penitentiary, and his investors lost everything. They had chased a fantasy and wound up with their fill of poverty, end quote. Order a copy of the Boy to Man book today as a Father's Day gift at afastore.net. That's afastore.net. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute, with the focus finally intensifying on what amounts to a Chinese Communist Party biological attack against the world. Another of its ominous threats to this country remains largely unaddressed. Prominent Texas financier Kyle Bass told Epic Times TV last week that the purchase of 200 square miles of his state by a retired People's Liberation Army general is a national security threat. This land, A, is near the Mexican border. B, is 10 miles from a sensitive U.S. Air Force base. C, will supposedly become a wind farm that will tie into the state and national electric grids. And D, will reportedly have a 10,000-foot runway. Any one of these features in unfriendly hands would be dangerous. In combination, they are simply intolerable. Tell your elected representatives that Morning Star Ranch must not become a new Chinese Communist Party threat to America. Pass it on. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right. Welcome back to Sandy Rios in the morning. I'm your guest host, Walker Wildman. Here's the number to call in. I know Sandy typically doesn't take calls, but on Thursdays, but I'm going to go ahead and take your calls. Should you want to call in and make a comment or ask questions, the number to call in is 888-589-8840, 888 888- Five eight nine eight eight four zero. One more time. Eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero to call in with your comments, your questions. We'll take calls this last segment of Sandy Rios in the morning. A couple other stories I want to mention. Well, to to close out what I mentioned before the break is this I'm gonna play this clip. This is a commerce secretary under President Biden saying basically, well, she's saying that unemployment benefits 
aren't hurting employment numbers. Let's listen to clip one. President Biden signaled on Friday that at least some of the temporary unemployment benefits should expire in September. Republicans like Kevin McCarthy have been saying we have to stop paying people not to work. Had the extended benefits held back hiring? Uh, we hear it anecdotally, but I would say there's no evidence that they have significantly held back hiring. Here's what we do know. Those extended benefits have been a well, they, lifeline they, there you have for it. Americans. I'm, I'm going to end that clip uh, short there because what she says, really, the rest of that clip is not of significance. I just pulled it for context. But she goes on to basically deny reality and brag about how great the economy is. But there at the beginning of that clip, you heard Commerce Secretary under President Biden saying that what she's seeing is that that's not the case, that these extra unemployment bonuses and benefits from the federal government aren't affecting employment numbers at all, right? (laughs) Well, you look at the studies, you look at the reports, you look at the news stories, and you actually talk to businesses. These federal, these extra federal unemployment benefits are directly hurting our America's employment situation. And let me just emphasize here, this is not, a lot of people, a lot of the economists and and reporters like to talk about this in numbers, you know. This is hurting the employment numbers. No, this is hurting businesses. This is These are real people. These are business owners that can't find people to work and carry out basic functions of their business. Whether you're talking about the furniture industry, whether you're talking about the restaurant industry, whatever you're talking about, this is across the board. The extra federal unemployment benefits are are horrific for this economic recovery. It's a disaster. Even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which is a pretty much left-leaning liberal think tank, not not literally, but that's basically what they serve as, is is an arm of the Democrat Party. Even they said that the Biden administration should end these extra federal unemployment benefits effective immediately. Why? Because it is severely damaging the current attempted economic recovery of the United States. But why look at facts and why look at numbers, right? We can just create our own reality, so says the Commerce Secretary under President Biden. One other clip I want to play before I get to calls, and the number to call in is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in. This other clip I want to play is related to the climate hoax. You know, we've been told for years, for probably decades by now, that the the the, the earth is warming the climate is changing, and it's all because you and I drive our our vehicles, our trucks, our big trucks that put out a lot of carbon emissions, right? And by the way, cows too, they're the problem, beef. We've been told that flying on airlines is bad for the environment. Basically, any any emissions are bad for the environment. That's what we've been told. Well, number one, I believe personally that's a hoax. The science actually doesn't back that up, that, that me driving to work in a vehicle is damaging God's creation. The science does not back that up. This is more of a political movement than it is science. 
But nonetheless, North Face, you know, the jacket making, now they do more than that, but they're known for their North Face jackets and winter gear. Well, the company North Face refused to sell a tire to a oil and gas company. Well, as it turns out, virtually all of North Face's products are made from what? Some form of oil and gas or petroleum. Let's listen to this clip that was put together by the oil and gas industry. Clip six, let's listen. I'm Chris Wright, CEO of Liberty Energy. North Face recently came out against my industry, even refusing to let one of my competitors put their company logo on a North Face jacket. I went through North Face's website of wide-ranging products, and I failed to find a single product that wasn't made out of oil and gas. The great majority of North Face's products, jackets, backpacks, outdoor pants, shirts, shoes, hats, etc., are dominantly made out of the oil and gas that we so proudly produce. Globally, 60% of all clothing fibers are made out of oil and gas. For North Face, it is likely 90% or more. So North Face is not only an extraordinary customer of the oil and gas industry, they are also a partner with the oil and gas industry. So thank you, North Face, and you're welcome. (laughs) Well, there you have it. That's a little ad put together by the oil and gas industry. (laughs) Calling out North Face for using oil and gas products to produce what? Their North Face products. Ladies and gentlemen, the hypocrisy is is glaring. The hypocrisy is working overtime in America. All the people that claim to be oh so virtuous, they're oh the most hypocrites. And it is absolutely stunning and really funny, if if you want to put it that way, to watch. They don't, the the Democrats don't even believe their own theories and their own talking points. And on that, we'll go to the, go to the phones. I'm going to go to Stacy in the state of Texas. Stacy, welcome to Sandy Rios in the morning. Hi, good morning. Um, Yes, I had a couple of comments. One question rolled into that comment. Um, First on your North Face that you just mentioned, I find it interesting that a baker can be forced to bake a cake, but North Face, shouldn't they then be forced to make those products for that Liberty customer? Just a thought. Well, you know, Stacy, you make a good point, and for that reason, the whole society is going to cancel you because you made a good point. (laughs) That's basically (laughs) what they do. Yep, yep. I'm not out there very much, so (laughs) they can cancel me all they want. Um, But second, um, on General Flynn's comments, I just learned recently, I didn't know if you heard anything about it. I heard it on something called the Timcast. He's pretty on point just on news. But he said that General Flynn um, was responding to someone at a political rally who said, uh, maybe it's time for the military to do a coup because of the election fraud um, in in America. And he said he said something that seemed to be affirmative toward that. And I didn't know if you heard anything about that. So I was that's my question. And then my kind of final comment is: it seems like all these unemployment benefits are just ways of ushering in socialism. I think that Biden's a puppet, 
and there's someone behind he and the Bi- and the Harris administration um, really directing a socialist revolution, mm-hmm. sort of um, trying to keep it uh, quietly installed versus a more militant way. So just kind of your thoughts on that and then sure. on the General Flynn comments if you heard anything on that. Yeah. All right, all right Stacey, I'll let you go and I'll answer your, your question or your comment over the phone. You know, the um, on the, the General Flynn situation, I didn't listen to that clip specifically. I've kept up generally with uh, with General Michael Flynn, which I have admired uh, historically. And I, I can just, I'm not going to comment directly on what, what, his, what he said because I didn't listen to it. But I'm going to speak more broadly here about some of these theories, and I'm not going to call them conspiracy theories because I don't like that term. But some of these theories that have been or, and are being floated by some people who voted for President Trump. And some of the theories, at least one of them specifically that I've been reading up on, is this theory that somehow these audits, these election audits in Arizona and other places are going to turn up some massive scandal and that President Trump will be reinstated in the White House in a few months are reinstalled, whatever you want to call it. These audits may actually come up. There may be bombshells and and smoking guns from these audits. I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see. Do I think the, the election was run fairly in 2020? Absolutely not. Actually, I don't know anybody around me that thinks the election was run right and fair and just in 2020. Was there enough fraud to overturn the election? I don't know. Maybe. I don't even know if we'll ever find out. But one, one example of fraud is too much for me. But lastly, what I want to conclude on on this topic is that people who think that, that the former president, President Trump, who I actually like and voted for twice, People floating theories that he is going to be reinstalled in the White House in the coming months during the Biden administration, that is lunacy. That is that is lunacy backed up by zero facts. That will not happen. It will never happen. We have this thing called presidential elections, and then after the elections, if you don't like the results, you can appeal them before the inauguration. But once someone's inaugurated, the only way for them to be lawfully removed from office is through this thing called impeachment, which we all we, we know about because they tried it on Trump and it didn't work. Impeachment is the only legal means for removing a president. Thus, unless President Biden is impeached, no one else will become president in 2024 or unless something happens from a medical uh, incident. And so the theories about Trump being reinstalled in the coming months is nonsense. And I would urge people to kind of gather themselves before they start following theories that are not backed in uh, facts. Thank you, Stacy, for calling in from Texas. I'm going to go down to Louisiana and talk to Gary in Louisiana. Gary, what you got, man? Hey, Gary, are you there? I'm going to go down to Louisiana. Hey, Gary, cut your radio down for me, please. You're on uh, Sandy Rios in the morning. Hey, Walker, how you doing? Hey, doing well, Gary. Thanks for calling in. 
Yep, I'm uh, I'm excited. I mean, you know, I was really initially like everybody stunned when Trump wasn't uh, you know reelected, but is that any slower pace to build the bride of Christ? You know, I mean, we all, we got we know we got to get half wise and half unwise, and then that's kind of the magic number. Yeah, for Jesus to just you know, and and it's funny too. I'm sitting on federal property in Northwest Louisiana, just to kind of give you a hint. <laughs> And I work for the Department of Commerce, and yeah, global warming is, uh, you know, the earth has been hotter, I can assure you. Back in medieval times, there's been times when there's, there's been solar differences, there's a lot of different things, that, too many variables to, to put into a computer and, and get an answer out that's going to be viable. Mm-hmm. So I'm, ex- I'm excited about the future because I know we're just getting closer to Jesus. Sure. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. Yeah. Yeah, you make some good points there, Gary, and I, I'll let you go now. Um <clears throat> I mean, Gary's right. the uh, The Church of Christ um, is not the 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 health, the well being, and the the future of the Church of Jesus Christ is not contingent upon governmental officials or political victories. We all know that. I think it's important as Christians to be involved in civics, to be involved. In all aspects of our life. To be involved in our country, to make sure we're being responsible citizens to where God has placed us. But our ultimate victory, our ultimate goal, what should be our priority, is living faithfully obedient lives to Christ and His Word. And that's our focus here at American Family Association and American Family Radio, my name is Walker Wildman. I've been sitting in for Sandy Rios this morning. Don't forget to to check out our website and listen to our podcast at AFR.net. See you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.